Join us now, the former all-pro offensive lineman, of course, the former Raider and uh, pride of the Washington Huskies and does a fantastic job on the radio side, of course, on the Raiders radio network, the one and only big Lincoln Kennedy. Link, what's going on, my man? Nothing much, man. Just uh, taking care of some stuff around the house, uh, and, and that's all good. Well, how you do, TC? I'm good, brother. Hey, did you get those Christmas lights down? That's what I want to know. Were you? Uh, I hope you didn't hurt yourself up on a ladder getting those Christmas uh, tree lights down, man. First of all, I don't go up on a ladder, so everything I do because I'm tall, everything I do is within reach. So I, I don't go up on a ladder, but yeah, I, I'm still working on them. When when you guys called in, okay. Well, I appreciate you taking the time out, man. No worries. Let's, uh, you know, you broadcast a lot of the college uh, uh, football games uh, as well as doing the yeah. Raider stuff, uh, Link, and uh, I know it's still close to your heart, but I don't know. I want your take on what we saw last night with the TCU just getting drilled. To, uh, to, to Georgia. We know that that could have been a possibility, but I think there's, there's a lot of people out there that were thinking, okay, hey, from what we saw in the semifinals games, this could be a very good game. It could be a competitive game. What it turned out to be, Link, as we all saw, was the worst beatdown ever in championship yeah. game history. Well, first of all, it wasn't a game. That was a demolishing. So that's first and foremost. But I will say this, you know, people need to take note that SEC football is different than a lot of the country is playing. And when you think about it, you know, TCU's defense plays the 3-3-5. I've never been a fan of the 3-3-5. I understood it. I understood why people went to it. But I've never been a big fan of the 3-3-5. And for exactly the reason why you saw last night, Georgia was able to take them apart because they put their safeties in coverage. They put their linebackers in space. And they took advantage of them. And I'll tell you this, TC, anytime when, um, as a player, and when I saw a three-man front, I was just licking my chops because if I was an offensive line coach, I would instruct if there's a back in the backfield, there'll be double teams for every defensive lineman that's rushing. And so you have six on three, and you have double teams across the board. Now you have time to survey and scan. There's no pressure by your, for your quarterback, and it allowed your receivers, especially if they're speedy receivers, tight end and slot to stress those safeties. And that's exactly what Georgia did last night. TCU didn't have an answer for it because they didn't have a way of stopping it. If they blitz, they exposed man-on-man on the outside. Their corners were undersized and undermanned and couldn't keep up with the Georgia receivers. And, and no one, they didn't have an answer for that tight end or, or the fact that, you know, the quarterback could run and scramble out of the pocket. So it was, it was really a complete breakdown. Uh, and, and I'm sorry that it would be, you know, people, it was a national championship because people were looking forward to it. And that's what they got. But, you know, it just shows you that if you do not complement or copycat what Alabama was doing, what, what Clemson was doing, they were winning, and now what Georgia is doing, you're not going to be in the same league as them. Yeah, absolutely right. And a lot of people don't talk about the defense, you know, the, um, the three, um, the three, five, five, because it was three, five. What's that? That's, that's 13. That's, that's three, too many. three, five, three, that's three, okay. five. Thank you. You should be able to defend with that many TC, but I know. Yeah, it's all good. Exactly. But you're right, though. It's exactly what you know. Stetson Bennett had all time back there. Brock, uh, Brock Bowers was open all day long. And the thing about it is, you know, that they faced this with Mississippi State before. And that's exactly what Mississippi yeah. State does. It and and they ran all over them uh, as well too. Yeah. So you're right. It shouldn't be that much of a surprise. But going back to what you're saying, you're spot on. Uh, it's just the physicality, um, the athletes, uh, the depth that that Georgia has, that Alabama has. Like I said, Clemson when they were winning. Uh, you're right. You you've got yeah. to copycat that because it was a huge 
difference, uh, just in personnel alone, scheme alone, and just attitude. I mean, seeing running backs just, you know, refuse to go down. I mean, just always, you know, looking for that extra yard or two or three. I mean, we saw these Georgia running backs just, you know, stay on their feet and, and diving for an extra two or three yards every time. And that didn't stop all the way to the end of the game. It didn't matter if it was quarter number one or at the end of the game. I mean, they were, they were just playing for 60 full minutes. And if you like football, you have to appreciate that. Well, you would appreciate the physical nature of it. There's no doubt about it. But at the same point, it's disheartening when you look at another team because here's the thing. We, we set up the playoff system to give everybody a chance. But when you have blowouts like that, you'll have people come back today and say, well, see, that's why you can't have those guys. TC didn't even win the Big 12. Why should they be in the playoff? Right. And, and it creates that argument on the side. I will say this. You know, congratulations to TCU for finding a way to get there. Um, I don't know if it would have been a different game if it was one of the other teams in the playoff. I don't know. Um, Georgia is just that physical. Georgia is just that uh, high of a grade. And what it comes down to is that we don't want to see the same two teams in the, in the national championship every year. A lot of people were projecting it was going to be Alabama and Georgia. And I don't know, you know, Alabama has a way of spreading people out now. They've got receivers galore. Once upon a time, Alabama was only known as running back you. Now it's known as wide receiver you. You look at the amount of wide receivers they put out in the first round and a uh, quarterback play. So they've changed their tune a little bit to be a little bit different and a little bit more fast-paced. But they're still a run-hungry team, just as Georgia's. Georgia has the ability to light it up through the air, but they still want to run, run the ball. And the thing I will say this, again, you've got a number of SEC schools, most notably, that have got running backs galore lined up, which is waiting for their time. I mean, we're talking about blue chippers, however you want to look at them, you know, five-star athletes, four-star athletes. They're sitting on the bench waiting for their time, biding for their time to get in because they know they'll be a vital part of the offense once they do. And I think we can all agree, Link, that if it was Alabama – we're not looking at 65 to 7 last night. There's no, there's no, right. there's no question about that. And, you know, we can go back and make that argument. Okay. Alabama, should they have been in or not with those two, you know, uh, losses they, they had to LSU and Tennessee, a top five, top seven team, you know, on the last play of the game combined four points. I mean, yeah. I mean, that, that argument is still there and it's valid. But like we were talking about, if this result happens, like it did last night, then, okay, the naysayers are going to be back out there again. They're going to say, see, we told you a team out of the Big 12 can't compete. Um, it, 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 it's, it's going to be able, it's going to harm a team like TCU, anybody in the Big 12 for at least one more year until we do get the playoff. And I think that that is going to be circled on the committee's mind again, you know, because that was an embarrassment for everybody. Well, look, it, it, TCU, learned how to compete on a level the Big the Big 12 is on. And what we know about that, especially when Lincoln Riley was there in Oklahoma, they played offense. They scored a lot of points, didn't score, didn't play a lot of defense. TCU found a way to slow down through the spread teams. That's why the 3-3-5 was invented in the first place, to slow down spread formations. A lot of the, the, the RPOs that you've seen out of the Oklahoma, the Oklahoma States, that's, that's what happened. But it does not work for the power football that you see in the SEC. And I say that power because you, you talk about the big tight ends, you talk about the speedy receivers, but they're still physical up front. They know how to run the football. So in going forward, you know, Sonny Dykes had, had a very interesting comment I read this morning. You know, we've got a lot, we've got a lot of work to do if we feel we're going to get on this scale or this, this level again. And he's absolutely right. You've got to change your ways. You've got to compliment or if you, you know, duplicate what they're doing down there because they're, they're putting out champions every year. No doubt Lincoln Kennedy uh, joins us. All right, Link, let's talk a little bit about the Raiders. 6-11, uh, and 11, they finished the season. Major disappointment for many fans. 
you know, a big difference in a lot of times between expectations and then the reality, uh, especially from a fan's point of view. I want your thoughts as you got a chance to watch this team up close and personal all season long. As you analyze this season, what's at the forefront of your mind? Just as we learned that we're talking about TCU, all right, the Raiders have got a lot of improving they have to do. And they have to do it in a way to where um, they can get better overnight. The blueprint is not far off. If you want to talk about blueprints, it's the team in the same division, the Kansas City Chiefs. The reason for the success of the Kansas City Chiefs is you look at their, their quarterback play, their coaching, and their players. You know, they have an offense that scores. Okay? So, it's to be no surprise that we're seeing this. And then when it comes to the Raiders, what they've got going on and what they, what they need to do. It's going to be an uphill ground. First thing foremost, they're going to try to figure out what we're going to do at quarterback. Still got to get better at defensive front, defensive secondary, and especially offensive line. They've got some pieces in place, and it's it's good hard, it's good for me to see and cover when you think about Devontae Adams, Max Crosby, Josh Jacobs, just to name a few. Special teams is at a premium. Premium. That's a good thing. That's one thing you have to work on. But they've got to fill out this roster, and there's a lot of work they have to do. Josh McDaniels. Obviously, he's getting a, a second year, uh, much to the you know chagrin of some fans. But we, Mark Davis isn't going to make a change like that. He's going to give him and Dave Ziegler a, a, a chance here in a couple drafts. We we get that as as he should. But evaluate the job that McDaniel's did and the decisions that he made during the course of the season. Well, here's the thing: I've played for coaches that were good offensive or good coordinators, not necessarily good managers. And, and that goes both on offensive and defensive side. I would say this, that I think Josh McDaniels had, had a lot of invaluable lessons that he learned this year. I've always believed the head coach of a football team should be a manager. Shouldn't have that many more responsibilities than that. Know what we're going to do on fourth down. Are we playing or are we going for it? Um, am I onside kicking or, or, or what? Are we kicking off? Those are the types of decisions I expect my head coach to make. I don't expect him to call every play. So there, there are a lot of lessons that would be pointed out to Josh McDaniels when he self-evaluates as they're putting this team together going forward. And he just needs, a, in my opinion, I think he has to lessen some of the responsibilities. With that being said, you know, you also have to have a, 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 a footprint on the overall magnitude and spectrum of the game, the language of the game. You know, and, and, and you have to understand what's going on in defense and have to step in and say something that in defense and try to pull people together. That's what a manager does. If you sway one way or the other, then you're going to have the other side look at you like, well, man, well, you're just an offensive coordinator. You don't care enough about the defense or vice versa. And that, that, that can separate a locker room. I'm not saying that's where they are right now. They've got too much work to do. This team is too incomplete to say that anything like that. But to me, when a coach, especially a head coach, goes back in and does self-evaluation. He needs to look at a lot of those little things, those intricate things that could have changed the, 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 the way of a game. Derek Carr, why do you think he struggled so much this season? Decision-making. Mm-hmm. Failed to make the right decision. Forced the ball in places that need to force the ball into. Look, the quarterback gets a lot of credit when things go right, get a whole lot of blame when things go wrong. And... To me, you know, I know Raider Nation is divided over Derek Carr. I'm not saying he was the fault of all problems, but throwing the ball to the other team, having as many interceptions as he did this season, the most in his career, decision-making. That's what it comes down to. So his future is a big topic here. 
where do you think that he lands? Any chance that that he is back here? And if not, what do you think is is up next for Derek Carr? Well, it's not up to me to speculate. I know that he's got value and worth, you know, and and because he's still under contract, because he still is a Raider, you know, despite how the season ended and and the and the fact that you know he didn't show up the last two games, I don't know if that that resonates or says anything about the the possibility. Um, but I do know this, that if he does look, Derek Carr to me is a quarterback who can make every throw in the football field. When he's accurate, he sets himself apart from other quarterbacks. When he's inaccurate or when he doesn't have a good day, it's a long day. And so after so many years, I was always the mindset of that. If you don't know what you have right now, by now, you're probably never going to know. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely does. Absolutely does. Yeah, I and I agree with you. But there, there are teams out there. There are teams out there who are desperate for a quarterback. So he, that's why he has value. And and I'm not saying that he's he's going to be gone or anything like that. But I'm just saying that the Raiders left themselves open with a few options as they try to build this team going forward. Josh Jacobs, NFL's leading rusher, he ends the season, but he's without a contract. He came in here, you know, knowing that this is this is you know could be it for him as a Raider and you know for him he made a great account for himself and you know hopefully he can get paid whether it's going to be back here with the Raiders or somewhere else what do you think the Raiders should do and again I know it's speculation you're not making any decisions here but just sake of conversation from what you've seen from Josh Jacobs and seeing what the Raiders you know what do you think that they May want to do with Josh Jacobs during this offseason? Well, I mean, I'm thinking what they, what I would do if I was in position would pay the man. Mm-hmm. He's done everything that you could ask him to do as a player, as a Raider, as a teammate. He's done everything and more. And he played his absolute best football that he had in his career. If, if there is anyone who deserves a contract, a new contract, it's got to be him. And what would be the reason for them not to resign him? Would it be the money or would it be? You know, what, what he brings or his style in, in regard to McDaniel's offense. I mean, what, what would it, 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 it comes down? It comes down to the first, the, the reason why they didn't pick up the option in the first place is because most of his career since he's been in league has been injury marred mm-hmm. and you need reliability. And, and he, I think he proved that playing through the little injuries that he had this season. It didn't shut him down. Look, I, I, I was entertained last season. When he played, I think the most in his career, games wise, um, because up until that point, he, he never really finished. He didn't finish the season. He didn't complete a season. So they went well, running back by committee, which I thought was long overdue, and he had a successful season. Right. So, but this year, look, from what he's done from preseason training camp, everything else, if there's, like I said, if there's anyone who's put it out there that deserves a contract, it's got to be him. Yeah. How attractive of a commodity is. Josh Jacobs to the rest of this league out there? Well, running backs are somewhat undervalued. Mm-hmm. So, yes, he would look attractive. There's there's only one Derrick Henry. There's only one Nick Chubb. There's only one Josh Jacobs. Um, you know, so, but at the same point, running backs are still undervalued because there are still a lot of general managers that think they can get that value out of multiple guys. Biggest glaring weakness for this team that uh, that really stood out to you as you called seventeen games. Offensive line play, yeah, and which you know something about, <laughs> no question about it. Man, I'm, I'm, look, here's the here's the thing: the, the the offensive line play, especially in the interior part, 
the final couple of games was was really disheartening because even in the Chiefs game, they had no they had no answer to slow down the defensive tackles. You know, and 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 Jared Stidham had absolutely no time. So you know, the, you you got to have better offensive line play. I know that Josh Jacobs led the league in running, and I'm definitely definitely impressed with that. But when teams make a collective effort to take him out of the game, which means you're going to have to pass the football to win the football game. If you can't protect, all is lost. And I'm sitting up in the I'm sitting up in the booth like, why am I here? There's no game here. <laughs> this, this, this is going to be demolished, a, 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 a debacle. Yeah. yeah. Well, as we know, uh, this time of year, there's always anywhere from maybe three to six head coaching changes, and we've you know already seen what happened here um, with Cliff Kingsbury out of Arizona, Lovey Smith uh, out at Houston. Uh, sounds like uh, Indianapolis may stick with Jeff Saturday. Um, and then we know that Carolina's got uh, an, an opening. Uh, give me some thoughts here. And again, you got a chance to see Arizona up close and personal and one of the worst losses that the Raiders had in that home opener uh, this year. And then, uh, you know, Lovey Smith really hasn't had a great track record uh, of where he's been. But man, you got to say those Houston Texans really played hard for him um, during the course of this season, especially at the tail end. Ownership and fan base want to kind of catch a genie in a bottle. They want to catch they, they they want to catch that lightning. They see a team like the Los Angeles Rams, you know, make a quarterback change and get a Super Bowl championship, and they want they want to catch that. Not realizing the team that was there for the Rams before they made a change to Stafford. I mean, they 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 gave up, you know, a ton to Detroit because they said that they were a quarterback away from making from making a run, and they did. The 49ers, you know, didn't give up a lot to get uh, you know, Christian McCaffrey, but you see the difference that he's made to that team on offense. So, you know, you don't 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 think that it's that easy to put to, to put together a championship caliber team overnight because overnight because it's not. It takes a while. It takes it takes the right system. It takes the right personnel. Hell, it even takes the right execution when you're out there in the football field. So, you know, I'm not not surprised by these coaching changes. It's just I'm. And and then again, you have a, you have teams that want to have a, this offensive coordinator and and or defensive coordinator. Look at Miami; they're in the same position. They finished with the same record they did last year, right? They're, yeah, they're in the playoffs. But I mean, what 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 good did the coaching change do for them? <laughs> did it did it capture that lightning in the bottle? We'll have to wait and see. So I'm not necessarily surprised, nor do I really pay attention because it's not so much who you put there at the helm. You have to see how they're going to run it and manage it. And you can't be so quick to change, TC. Yeah. You can't be, you know, Raider Nation are calling for McDaniel's head up after one year. What do you want to go through? Three coaching changes? How many years? <laughs> no one could have ever predicted what was going to happen to Gruden. Happen to Gruden. Yeah. They gave him a ten year deal. Hmm. And and they, they made they made way from Del Rio to get to Gruden. And then you you, you go something that happened ten years back, Gruden was scapegoated. Now you want to get rid of McDaniels. You gotta give these coaches a chance. Hmm. And now, with that point, Link, going back to what we talked about with Derek Carr, you know, here's the guy that the most maligned quarterback out there because he's been through so many head coaches, offensive coordinators, and systems. Did you see a, a different Derek under Gruden system compared to what he had to deal with with McDaniel's system? How much of that played into him having that drop off season this year? I played for Gruden. And I know Gruden's offense like the back of my hand. And one thing I would say about Gruden's offense 
is that he always gave you an option to go with the football. And if you didn't want to take it, you could run. The reason why Rich, McGann, Rich Gannon was so successful under it is because Rich Gannon wasn't afraid to use his legs. Derek had athleticism, has athleticism. He can run. He's not a slow-footed quarterback. He's not a Joe Flacco or anything like that. You know what I mean? He can run. He just chooses not to. And I remember talking to Jim Plunkett and him saying, you know, some quarterbacks just don't have it in them to do it. Okay, I get that. But you can't force the ball. You can't throw a turnover. You can't be on fourth and nine and throw the ball on the ground. can't do that. And so to answer your question, I don't know if it would have ever – if it would have ever gotten better than it was. And so where does that leave you? you, you, you you're, you're left with mediocrity. You're left struggling. You're left saying, oh, we need to get another coach or another offensive coordinator. You, what, what, what do you do with that? That's, it's a very loaded question. It's difficult to answer, to be honest with you. Because, you know, I, I, when, when Derek would take a check down on third and 17, I'm thinking up in the booth, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> right. A check down's not going to get first down. You know, but Gruden's options gave him check downs. You have a check down there. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. He is Lincoln Kennedy. Uh, before we let you go, Link, we've got wild card weekend. Uh, I'm, ro- I'm going to roll off the games. Tell me what you're most interested in. If you see an upset, shout it out. Saturday, we've got Seattle, San Francisco, and then we got the Chargers in Jacksonville. Sunday, Miami at Buffalo, Giants in Minnesota, Baltimore, Cincinnati, and then Monday night, uh, Jerry Jones says he's got all the faith still in Mike McCarthy. They're a two and a half point favorite at Tampa Bay. What are you looking for this weekend? TC, I love you. I'm be honest with you. I could give a damn about football right now. Is that right? <laughs> exactly. I'm See, done with football. I've watched enough football, enough film. I told my sons because they were wanting to watch football with last night. I said, "Look, I don't care about the national championship game. I don't care anymore about football. I am taking a break." I am going to rest. I might even hibernate for a month, to be honest with you, be a big bear. I'm, I, I'm not caring about any player for football. So, you know, I'm just going to be honest with you, bro. No, I love, and I love it. And, and here's the thing that a lot of people don't understand that that is the mentality basically of, of football players in general. I mean, once their season's over, Absolutely. they're, they're not watching it. And I, I've had to explain that to a lot of people too. It's like, no, th- their season's over. They're done. They want to get away from it. They want to be far removed from it. So, uh, you know, anyway, so I, yeah, I, I'm just, see, I, I did, I did 11 college football games and with college, the game doesn't change, but the names do. I did 11 college football games. I did 20 Raiders games. Mm-hmm. So you talk about the preparation mm-hmm. and the expectations going in and you know how thorough and diligent I do my job. Yes. You yeah. see what I'm saying? Yeah. So I'm not one of these guys who's just going to take it lightly. I know the game like the back of my hand. Don't know, always know the names, don't know the schemes. But owe it to the people who listen to me, or or, in, or in, you know, shares of my voice, that to do my job at a competent level every time I'm out. Mm-hmm. I've watched more than enough football for quite some time. I'm good. <laughs> enjoy, enjoy the off season, brother. And like I said, we'll let Thank we'll you, we'll let you be. Enjoy. You deserve it. Always uh, love seeing you and talking with you, brother. And uh, we'll reconnect Absolutely. down the road, bro. All right, man. Take it easy. I'll talk to you soon. There it is. Right, he is Lincoln Kennedy. There is fantastic job on the radio side, whether it's uh, doing uh, college football or on the Raiders radio network.